0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 492 of the podcast that goes snicked, snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and this is Patch It Up, um, a mainly bonus episode we'll see how long I go but we're gonna finish the Wolverine patch miniseries of issues two through five now this episode was supposed to be uh, a catch-up on um, X-Men unlimited on the Marvel unlimited app and I had a guest new guest I'm very excited about all planned out and I had to reschedule and to be very clear all my fault. <laughs> Nothing to do with it. The guest was very gracious to be flexible. Uh, and it's Clint. Hey, Clint. Um, uh, Clint's been a fan of the show, and I'm excited to have him on. Uh, we've been, you know, talking a lot about different stuff, uh, comics and life and stuff, and just very excited to have him on the show. But um, I was not able to to keep the <laughs> original plans. Uh I needed some family stuff I had to take care of. So, um... Thanks, Clint, for understanding. We'll get you the very next episode. We already have it rescheduled. We're good to go. But I wanted to go ahead and take advantage of having a little bit of different time um, to record just a few thoughts on the patch mini series. So we're going to finish that out. Be kind of just another part of our catch up series, um, you know, after my uh, unplanned hiatus. So we're going to finish this mini series out um, and get some extra hammer time. And uh some I don't know, flashback not flash forward, <laughs> so Grant <laughs> uh Grant from the uh Truth, Justice and Hope podcast about Superman, uh was talking about how he was uh going to start pulling in he's been slowly pulling in like current books and yeah, he referenced that he didn't want to call it a flashback, but Maybe it was a flash current, and I think that needs to catch on. So, Grant, if you hear this, um, I'm all in favor of the flash current uh, episodes. And hopefully I didn't just show my hand exactly how far behind I was on your show before I started catching up last week. But, um, you know, it's nothing to do with the show. I love the show. I just got behind on everything. <laughs> Life has has had me behind. But I've been really enjoying catching up, uh, particularly on that podcast. Um, and Superman in Crisis by John Wilson. Doing my Superman catch up next up in my sights are um, Excalibur's uh, catching up with them, and then um, the House of X and you know some, maybe a little Homo Superior, and then I'll hopefully start getting back into my normal podcast rotation listening wise. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah. That's not what we're here for. We're here for Patch. Wolverine Patch. So I'm not going to recover cover episode one, per se. I did cover that um, on kind of my first episode back from A Haynes, and That was in the swing of books that I covered. Um, I will say, looking back on it, I probably enjoyed it more than I graded it at the time. Or... I at least enjoyed these issues more. Spoilers! Um, <laughs> but um, really all I need to know is it's, it's set in the, somewhere in the past. Where Wolverine is patched in Madripoor. And there's some bad stuff going on in the jungle. And then of course remember he, uh, while investigating, he encounters these two enhanced Russian mutants. And kind of gets the tar kicked out of him. And that's where we pick up. So we're going to jump right in to issue number two. Wolverine patch number two. Now I want to. I'm gonna check real fast. I believe. Just make sure. Um, yeah. Oh. Yes. Cover. Cover. Everything's the same. Everything's the same. Everything's the same. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. So this, of course, is uh, written um, by Larry Hama. Uh, pencils by Andrea DeVito. Inks by Lavaine Underwood. Colors by Sebastian Cheng. Uh, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. And the covers are by Jeff Shaw and Edgar Delgado. And that's true across the remainder of this series. So I probably won't mention it again. Um, For the cover of number two by Jeff Shaw, it's a pretty decent cover. Um... It is Mutant versus Mutant in Madripoor, and we have Patch Claws out fighting Gamel, or no, Beth. Beth, I'm getting my Russian Mutants mixed up. Uh, Fighting Beth on the cover, she's the uh, big, hulking, muscular woman who's very, very strong, and... You know, the cover's fine it's not my favorite of the series it's actually of the five probably my least favorite except the colors are really nice so they're fighting in front of a sunrise and the colors and the sunrise look really cool of course we have the the whitish yellow of the sun uh, surrounded by yellow orange and red um so yes yeah, pretty pretty great cover um all right so in this issue Patch is trying to track the Russian mutants that he just encountered and just really got his, his ass whooped by. Um, Shield is trying to track everyone from Fury's Carrier. Beth, the big bruiser Russian woman, is struggling and leaving a trail of blood for Patch to track. Patch is attacked by Madripoor natives, which, by the way, I either forgot or did not know, and I'm not sure this is a new thing or not. But the tribe of the natives in Madripoor are the Maadri Po'arani, which is where the name Madripoor comes from. I don't know if that's an established canon thing or not. I don't remember if uh, Larry did that back in the 90s on his Wolverine run, or someone else did it, or he's just introducing this for the first time. I'm really not sure. It's kind of cool. I mean, I like it. I like the idea of it that... The name is instead of it just being like a rip off of Singapore, that actually has a name based off of the indigenous people to the island. That's that's pretty neat. Um, so anyway, uh, the, the natives uh find him a tougher target than expected. Uh, meanwhile, Shield identifies KGB agent Nemikova uh, visiting Prince. She reveals to Prince that the prize is a trio. So, in issue one, there's kind of this hint of kind of the, the powers of the magical underworld searching for this bounty this prize um, in the jungle so she reveals to Prince that the prize is a trio of experimentally enhanced Russian mutants and of course Russia is ancient anxious to have them back um, so we didn't know about the third one we'll, we'll find out about that as the story progresses um, back in the jungle patch learns that the Russians have been helping the natives assures them he means no harm. But at that point, General Koy's soldiers mow everyone down with machine gun fire. As the soldiers examine the bodies, they get a rude surprise when Patch wakes up and butchers them. The two Russian mutants approach their hidden cave, where a third, much younger mutant, Alef, or Alef, I'm not sure, but some men. It's A-L-E-F, so I'm not sure what that would be in Russian. Maybe Alef? I feel like Olaf, or Olaf would have an O, you know, like, uh, in Frozen, but Aleph, Aleph, maybe, um, Aleph, I'm not sure, um, anyway, S.H.I.E.L.D. is tracking their heat signatures, which disappear, of course, that causes confusion, some head scratching on the helicarrier, um, fleeing from soldier reinforcements now, Patch, and some new surviving natives, so it's not the same, alright, so it, it kind of caught me for a second, I kind of had to go, what? I thought they all died, um, so he was in the jungle. He got cleared down with the natives he was talking to by Koi's soldiers. And then he wakes up. He kills the soldiers. And as the other soldiers are approaching the reinforcements, a new group of natives from the in the bush says, psst, come here. Um, and so Patch leaves with them. And so anyway, that, they run. But they run into more trouble with the Yakuza. Which, remember, the Yakuza are... Um, Being paid to by uh, 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 the guy with the spider tattoo on his face, not doing. uh, Shoot. Uh, Let's see if they mention. Let me find what they talk about real fast. Um, Because the scientist actually brings up that he doesn't want to get in trouble with where the scientist talks about the guy's name. Dang it, I'm not going to find it. Um, But the spider guy, not Doiabun, or... I know I'm saying that wrong. Anyway, he was in the Wolverine Solo series at one point. Um, He's kind of one of the heads of the Yakuza. Um, Anyway, they don't want to disappoint him. But they're there guarding the, this mad scientist, is doing experiments on monkeys, and that story is never really resolved. In fact, really, I, I did actually enjoy this series, the longer when One of the things that doesn't really make sense I feel like uh, Larry Hama wanted the Yakuza to be involved and needed a reason for them to be there. So he just kind of has this completely tangential story of the scientists experimenting on monkeys. That's, that's kind of their impetus for being there to be a third force of evil. Um, or malevolent whatever force. Um, so anyway, um, all three forces converge in the jungle clearing. There's a cool scene where Patch uh, scares off the attack dogs. It's always fun when these dogs are sent to Wolverine and he kind of just bristles and they're like, rr, rr, and run off, scuttle off, which is good that he doesn't have to hurt the dogs. This is kind of funny, right? That he's, he's the alpha and, and scares them off. And he's seen this, you know, multiple times in, in Wolverine's history. Um, so anyway, uh, Patch and the natives sneak off while the soldiers and Yakuza finish each other off. Uh, Agent Nivikova or Nemikova, maybe, uh, brings Prince and Koi together, as she'd been playing them both anyway. Uh, the natives bring a collapsing patch to the Russian cave. Uh, so he did kick a lot of butt, but it took a lot out of him. Um, Shield makes a plan of attack. Uh, Aleph uses her psychic powers to try and help a now unconscious but healing patch. Sorry, I should say Aleph uses their psychic powers to try and help a now unconscious but healing patch. Accidentally summing an astral projection of Jean Grey. So this issue was really good. Um, it was quick, action, paced. Um, the only thing I was saying, there's almost too much happening too quickly. Like It's almost so fast, that some of it feels maybe inconsequential. But, man, the art's really good. Uh, the opening scene, I really love uh, DeVito's Logan or patch. Um, he's kind of squatty and thick, and just looks rough but he's not too animalistic. Uh, it's a nice kind of blend. Um, really enjoy it. The scene where he gets shot with arrows, um, is fantastic. And uh, when the natives first shoot him, um, and there is some poison in the arrows, which kind of also explains why he's slowed down. Uh, of course him, you know, being in his white suit, all ripped up in the jungle, uh, you know, some pretty brutal scenes where they get, where he mows through people, Um uh, Uh, Snicked of the Year Contender. So after they mow down the tribe and Patch in the clearing, uh, General Coy's mercenary soldiers are are looking over the bodies and they are examining Patch's body and he puts his fist up to his chin and the soldier goes, "Uh uh-oh! And then the panel goes just black and red with a white uh, snicked outline of the letters is really really cool and just the, the whole idea of him like uh oh and then he gets snicked right through the brain um, pretty gruesome and pretty awesome and then the panel of him getting up and cutting through the soldiers and brutally like decapitating them is mean, very very violent it's not too graphic It's not, like, um, gratuitous, I don't think, but it is, I mean, it is very brutal, very violent. It reminds you of maybe, like, the Logan movie, um, as far as inspiration for the action here. Um, So, yeah. uh, Definitely having more fun with the series from the first issue. It feels a little bit less like uh, Larry Hama just trotting out. Like, you know, I said his greatest, as I think, last time. I don't remember if I clarified or not. I mean, it's really... More of the Claremont stuff that was right before Larry Hama uh, that he's kind of getting a chance to put his stamp on so that's kind of interesting um, but yeah it, it, feeling less like him just kind of revisiting like glory days and more like actually moving this into a, a really compelling story um, so yeah art's really good I'm going to wait and grade this all all as one but so let's move then to issue three so this is a great cover by Shaw. We have Patch in his white suit, kind of still. And one of his sleeves is missing, the other one's ripped up. And he's kind of in shadow in a very green jungle scene. And the logo is black and green now instead of white. And even the little letter, like the issue number in, with the Marvel in the top corner, is always like white with a black number. And sometimes variant covers are black with a white number. This one, the little square is green uh, to match the cover. It's really cool. It just makes it all very kind of seamless. It's a nice design. Um, so anyway, under the lead of Agent Nemikova, uh Koi's soldiers and Princess Mercs joined forces to raid the Russian cave. Uh, Aleph is still linked to Patch's mind, so Beth and Gamal tried to cut off the troops outside the cave. They do okay until they get tricked. Um, Astral Gene gives Patch strength, which is good, because when the soldiers trank Aleph as well, it forces Patch awake. This earns them a nice double snicked. Then they try to trank Patch, but he's too keyed up at this point and tears through the attackers with a fantastic splash page we'll talk to in about a minute. Um, Meanwhile, S.H.I.E.L.D. finds Archie and Tiger Tiger snooping around the experimental Russian aircraft and pulls everybody aboard the helicarrier uh, back at the cave, Patch has dispersed the enemy, and Beth and Gamal are awake enough to try to escape to a native village. They want to hide uh, Aleph, because they revealed to Patch that Aleph is the true prime target after all. And yeah, the Russians want all of them, but um, they were born in a research facility and displayed incredible psychic and interdimensional powers. So the facility kept them from their parents until Gimel and Beth were able to grab Aleph and escape in the test Russian craft. Uh, realizing their troops have failed against Agent Nemikova, uh General Koly and Prince ransacked the now empty cave for clues. Back in the village patch swapped stories of his past as well. Uh, meanwhile, realizing the Russians are somewhere with the natives, the mad scientist and his Yakuza, the KGB and her poor soldiers and S.H.I.E.L.D. all make plans to search and in some cases destroy all the native villages until the mutants are found. Um, so I did, I did pivot a little bit. I want to point out, or it's worth pointing out, that Aleph is described by their parents as non-binary, so that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, uh, Prince is in the jungle. Uh, it's is, is a funny scene of him like, with a walkie-talkie and a tea. And they have like a little tea party in the jungle while they send the troops to attack the cave. Um, the scene where Aleph is trying to heal a Patch astrally. Astrally? I don't know if that's right, if that's a good adverb or not. But it was very reminiscent of dates of Future Past. You know, Patch is on a hospital bed, makeshift hospital bed in the cave. And... Aleph is leaning over the headboard from behind Patch with her, both her hands on the side of his head. So very, very reminiscent. Um, it's interesting because he goes to his memory in a in a Weapon X uniform. Or not, sorry, a Weapon X like the uh, little control boxes with no clothes. And that's where Aleph and Jean find him on the astral plane. And we have a callback to... Uh, Larry Hammond's kind of weapon exclusivations. We have like the monstrous trees and the one with the radiator sticking out of the trunk, um, having to do with his implanted memories, of course. I remember all that. Um, and the scene so there's really a bond struck between uh Beth and Gamal and Patch, and multiple times, in fact, it's kind of almost like a funny mini trope inside this series, is over and over again. Pact is like here i'm gonna buy you time run hide and he'll attack and then as he's starting to get defeated or worn down uh beth and him will come back and say we couldn't leave you behind and so i think that happens every issue or maybe even more than once in a couple of these issues but it's, it's sweet and it's funny um anyway so they they do some fighting there's some pretty cool fighting there um a nice double snicked um in the caves surrounded by smoke um, when they tried to tranquilize uh, Patch. So at this point, he's in his black pants and no shirt and his eye patch. And not as much this issue, but as particularly in the next couple issues, DeVito's shirtless Jim... i sorry, DeVito shirtless Patch is very reminiscent. I won't say like all Jim Lee Wolverine, but uh, particularly reminiscent of, uh, the Punisher War Journal story, where Wolverine is mostly shirtless, in the two-parter and the Punisher in the jungles of Africa, um, there's just something very similar about, about the body type, because at that point, uh, Jim Lee was still doing, um, I want to say like a super squat, like his Wolverine was never super squatting, but a, a more compact Wolverine than maybe later in his, um, tenure as, as Wolverine and X-Men artist. Um, and just the way he draws the body here, Divino is very reminiscent of the, what Jim Lee did. And I mean that very much as a compliment. Uh, and it's not, I don't think he's like sniping it. I think it's just a similar take and it looks really cool. And there's a really awesome full page splash um, in the cave where Wolverine is stabbing two guys together through the head and um, kebabing them, and then has his other arm back, about to swipe in, um, and it's just a really, really cool splash page, and yeah, uh, the story kind of moves along from there, like in the synopsis, um, in the, the past of the Russians, we see that oh, so there's this base that that Larry Hama had, or Hama had, um, what's it actually called? They they always call it the English Anglids, 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 Engle- what's it called when he anglicized the word? Anglicization? I don't know. Anyway, um, the anglicizing of the word, uh, Hammond refers to, and I think because the U.S. military probably also called it that, uh, base Terry Adams. Um, I forget what the Russian word actually is, but I'm trying to find it real fast. Um, but I won't spend a lot of time, I don't want to slow down the podcast too much. But, um, anyway, uh, during this time, you know, of course the Russians are trying to make their own super soldiers and we see one of the training sessions has Omega Red in it, um and yeah, they try to nurse Aleph back to, to health, we see that her powers involve, like, psychic powers and interdimensional powers, and just really, really super powerful Just a very, very. so you understand why the Russians are trying to, to get them back so with that, we're going to move um to issue four so this cover has like Wolverine or sorry patch uh, like in black space and then Fury's head and, and what's the other head I actually had the variant let me look up what patch number four looks like real fast I'm gonna get the other head oh Nick Fury and General Koi are the opposing faces uh, and there's a red like bar or light whatever behind Wolverine behind Patch's back and then a pile of soldiers on the ground a uh, slightly rem- reminiscent of the cover because he's standing on top of the bodies of Wolverine number one um but anyway there's also a really cool a variant cover of Patch in his suit just kind of jumping at soldiers in his white suit um by Yun-Gin Yun Gin I hope I'm saying that right it's a really nice cover um all right, so anyway, number four. Uh, the Yakuza are the first to arrive at the village and open up with their weapons. Uh, Patch tells Gamel and Beth to take Aleph and run while he buys time. <laughs> he brutally cuts his way through Yakuza soldiers after the Yakuza... Oh, he brutally cuts his way through Yakuza soldiers after Yakuza soldiers. Um, In the jungle, Aleph wakes up and begins to fully heal Gamel and Beth. Remember, they were tranquilized and... Went through some fighting of their own, so they're kind of beat up too. Um, meanwhile, Agent Nemikova has called in Russian troops to stage a triple flank attack on the natives. On the helicarrier, Fury is preparing a group of mandroids. Archie and Tiger Tiger sneak to their plane in the hubbub and fly off, but of course, S.H.I.E.L.D. has trackers on both the plane and their bodies. Um, after finishing off the Yakuza, Patch heads into the jungle. He knows he can't take on all three cadres of troops alone, so he surgically attacks each one, making them think the enemies are betraying each other. So what happens is that Agent Nimikova basically makes a plan of attack. So she has General Chloe and his army, she has Prince and his mercenaries, and then she just called in her Russian reinforcements. And she basically decides, hey, we're going to attack this village, I'm going to split everyone up into their teams that they already belong to. <laughs> so, Koi, you go over here to the right. Uh, I'll go down the middle, and Prince, you take your army to the left. We'll hit the village. And what Patch does, instead of trying to attack any of them head-on, he kind of goes down the middle and like attacks like one side of one army as though it's coming from the direction of the other army. And, of course, as they shoot into the jungle and try to hit Patch, they shoot clear across. And Anyway, they just all kind of end up like fighting each other and, assuming that each other are betraying each other, which, of course, they actually are, um, or all had plans to. Uh, so Patch just kind of kicks that up a gear. Um, anyway, uh, it ignites a three-way firefight. Uh, the Russian mutants all healed up, come back to help Patch. Uh, then the Mandroids land. Patch knows he is outclassed again, so he cuts some of the helmets so Aleph can put them to sleep without their side shields. Uh, They retreat further into the jungle, flying low, Tiger Tiger snipes um, Ancient Nemikova's jeep and causes it to roll off, or right off the cliff. Uh, Fury lands on the scene and immediately recognizes Wolverine's claw marks and handiwork. Uh, So this may be the best art like the best the art looks of the series, but um, it's really really good. Like the art just continues to get better and better. Uh, the the scene of Wolverine, i uh, sorry, of Patch running through the jungle, um, in the, on the first page is great. There's a there's a double splash page where like the top half is one long horizontal panel, and then there's four panels across the bottom. They all look amazing. And It is a Wolverine cutting brutally. I again, just brutal scenes. Him cutting through the Yakuza. Um, and all the tattoos look awesome, too. Like, you just really does a really great job with this issue in particular. Um, and the art's just... It's really, really top-notch. I really like his Wolverine quite a bit. Or, I guess, patch, I guess, quite a bit. Um, so, anyway, there's more uh, scenes, of course, of fighting, fighting, and some really cool scenes in there. Um... I will say more than any of the other issue, we get some classic uh, him and time uh, with some classic, see what I know, um, explaining uh, a bunch of different military stuff, especially when he explains like all the different troops. Like he has a really, really almost boring detail uh, with kind of like, this is what I know about military and weapons and blah, blah, blah. Kind of classic um, him and time that he did both in GI Joe and, well, definitely a GI Joe, and to a lesser extent, sometimes in, in his Wolverine series. Um, but yeah, uh, another really good issue. So we're going to move on to number five. Um, another nice cover by Jeff Shaw. This one is Patch with no shirt and black pants, and he's running through a scene of mandroids in the foreground and the back behind him in a white background is giant heads of Nick Fury, the Prince, General Cloy, and Agent Nemegova. All right. So in this one, Patch and the Russian mutant family flee from the remaining Mandroids through the jungle. Uh, There's another awesome double page splash as Patch tries to buy time by fighting Mandroids Clark and Bruce. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, hi again to my favorite Superman podcasters. So you have lots of Clark, Clark and Bruce stories. Uh, Grant with Truce, not truce, there's no truce he is not calling a truce (laughs) he's a very peaceful dude Um, anyway, Grant with the truth, justice and hope, and then of course uh, John Wilson with um, Superman and Crisis both have some Clark and Bruce, so shout out again to them Um, they beat Patch up pretty good but the Russians again circle back to help, so once again um, he has sent them off, he's fighting the the man droids and then come back to help uh, once again, Patch compromises suit integrity with his claws, and ALF puts the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to sleep. Meanwhile, the Russians airdrop their own mandroids. And they, you know it's Russian, because they have the, uh, the hammer and sickle on there. Um, Agent Nivenkova survived somehow, the jeep crash, and hijacks Prince's jeep, because she needs a jeep. Uh, the Russian mandroids catch up, and Patch attacks with another awesome double snicked, Again, he takes a beating, and again, the Russians save him instead of running. So that's what I was talking about twice in this issue, uh, you know, once in some of the other ones. Um, just again, he tells them to leave, he tries to fight, he gets worn down, and then come back and bail him out. Which I don't really mind. I know maybe on the podcast it goes, Nick, I should be bothered that the, the patch is kind of in constant need to save me, but he takes a beating and all of this, just over and over again. And he still has, you know uh, maybe some, some jungle poison in him, um, but I, I don't know, I, I, I like what it shows about kind of the quick bond he's formed with them through past trauma and being mutants who are experimenting on, um, it's just, it's really cool, so I don't mind him kind of doing the classic Wolverine, like, I'm gonna take punishment so he can be safe, and he does until he's just taken almost more punishment than he can, and then his f- new friends come back and save him, um, It's just, it's it's a fun, like I said, kind of a mini-trope for this series, but I like it. Um, alright, so anyway, um, Archie lands his plane to pick them up. Uh, now in a helicopter, tries to strafe them with unfriendly fire, but they're able to take off just in time after Patch takes bullets to protect Aleph so Koi deciding he can just negotiate with her boss instead uh, shoots Nimikova down so she appears to actually be dead this time Um, Archie is intercepted by the helicarrier and quote unquote encouraged to land on board. Uh, Fury tells Patch that he's arranged for the mutant family to be safely relocated to New Zealand with new identities. Uh, Patch agrees right before he collapses Uh, Aleph Aleph is able to heal him Physically, but it does remove his memory of recent events. So later, as Archie flies them home. Patch asks Tiger Tiger, who the family down below is waving at them. And she doesn't really say who they are, but assures them they're a nice family, getting a new start on life thanks to him. Um, yeah, so just another really strong issue that ends strong. Uh, again, the scene of Patch running through the jungle... You know, someone else DeVito reminds me of that's not just Jim Lee, but it's, it's, it's his own. It's really, really good. Um, here's the one that really reminds me. There's one where he is striking at the mandroids on a double-page splash. Again, kind of similar to the previous issue, right? We have a splash with a really big panel across the top and four panels across the bottom. But there's this one where he's yelling, and he has one arm slicing down, and the other arm cocked back behind him. This looks very much like the cover to Punisher War Journal um, 7, I think. I don't remember which one's 6 and which one's 7. I think 6 is the one with where he's got the claws in the Punisher's shirt, I think 7 is the one where he's like jumping at the Punisher. It's a very similar pose, very similar style and the art, but it looks freaking amazing. It's really, really good. So, yeah, I mean, he gets stomped by mandroids. He gets blasted by mandroids. I mean, Patch takes a whooping, but it's pretty cool. Um, there's another double snicked um, where he kind of launches himself. After he gets blasted by a mandroid, and he actually has smoke like coming off of his body. Um, you know, he gets grabbed and manhandled by the mandroids. Like... He, he, he really does. That's like, it's why it doesn't bother me, because he just takes such a whooping that, I mean, it, he needs help. <laughs> um, and, of course, you know, you have Nick Fury and Patch coming back together at the end for their Patch Club. Surprised there's not also a Cigar Club. I guess they were out. Um, but yeah, and just really sweet the ending that, you know, they're very, very grateful to Patch, even though he kind of forgets what happened. And this is the time before Wolverine has all his memories back. So he's kind of spotty anyway. So there's kind of one more forgotten memory. Um, I don't know. And then but just Tiger. tiger Tiger's re-emphasizing to him that, you know what, maybe you won't remember this, but just know that that you helped them have a better life. And, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, kind of the juxtaposition, right, in the story of just the brutal violence... Versus kind of the chance to start over, and I don't know. I mean, it's almost like an Eastern promises kind of, <laughs> um, just kind of redemption through brutal, brutal violence or protection. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's always necessarily the best choice in life, but you know, it makes for good fiction. Um, but you know, I I struggled what to give this series, and I know I think I gave the first issue three out of six claws. Retrospectively, I'm just gonna lump it in with these issues and give it all one rating and the art was so good and uh, got better as the series went like it got I don't know maybe it kind of got darker as it got more violent which I thought was a really cool choice um and the story just really I don't know it's really sweet seeing him seeing Patch I developed this relationship with some mutants that have similar trauma like I said in the past um is really compelling um It's a very entertaining story. There's a whole lot of action. Really, the only drawback is there's really no reason for the mad scientist or the Yakuza to be part of this story other than to have somebody else for Wolverine to fight. Um, So, I mean, that's kind of loosely tied in. But, I mean, I can very... You know, where I kind of land on this is I can very easily see this just fitting right in... You know, when... um what was the the other book that Hammond returned to Wolverine on? Was it X-Men Legends? that had like a Wolverine story. And that felt a little less organic. This one actually feels like it could just be tossed in to his run on, you know, back in the day. Like it it feels totally similar. It feels just much more connected. Um, Less kind of plot grabby um it feels like a story that stands on its own and you know i can see i mean i don't think we will probably but maybe i don't know i don't, I don't actually know how this sold um or what interest it would be in maybe doing a sequel or whatever but i could totally see like these characters coming back like if this if this was a story from the 90s wolverine ongoing when when ham and time was in full effect like yeah we would see these mutants come back or Wolverine would go to New Zealand and run into him because something else wrong was happening. Uh, Agent Nimakova would be a recurring... Heaven did a really cool thing where villains would recur, but not too often. So it might be like 20 issues down the line, but Agent Nimakova would show up and be like, Ah, I survived again! Now I'm hunting down Patch Revenge, or you know... To, to be in, in line with 90s superhero comics. He probably survived the crash but had to get like cybernetically enhanced or something. So, I mean, I, I can totally see this sliding right in to the 90s Wolverine series, and I mean that in a good way. Um, it just feels very much... You know, instead of just like a nostalgia grab, it feels like a stroll down memory lane, but also standing on its own modern two feet. So I think what I'm ultimately going to do is give Wolverine Patch as a series five out of six claws. Um, I was leaning towards a four, but the more I talk about it, the more I like it. Um, so I would highly recommend it. I know you probably would not have guessed that after I reviewed the first issue. You're probably, like, eh, maybe I'll skip it. You don't like it that much because I know, I know you only read, but I tell you to read. <laughs> Just kidding. I know that's not true at all. <laughs> but um, but no um. I do highly recommend this series. If you're on the fence about it, in my opinion, could sway which side of the fence you go to. It's a very, it ended up being a very strong series, a very strong story. And DeVito's art is just really, really good. I I like it a lot. In fact, this may be enough to put him into a, Uh, potential will be award at least nomination um you know we'll see what else happens in 2022 but it's super super strong so yeah great series so like i said next time we'll get back on schedule we'll get clint on board to cover uh, marvel uh, x-men unlimited and then we'll do some just continue to do catching up we'll get uh the escalbros on to cover the gala for our late but not too late. 10th anniversary special. And we'll march towards 500. I'm going to try to get flashbacks back on schedule. Flashback? We'll see. Um, I'm trying to get everything kind of back into a normal pattern and rhythm. So hopefully that'll continue to congeal. If I'm going to do a little bit better as each week goes on. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, as always, hope you enjoyed the coverage. If you read the series, I hope you enjoyed it. And feel free to... Right in, and tell me your thoughts, and we you know, we talk about it later, um, but yeah, uh, for the podcast, and go snick, of course, you can like the Facebook page, Twitter is at snickcast, show notes and stuff for snickcast.podbean.com, and that's gonna do it, so until next time, hugs and snicks, everyone,